My name is Paul Sanchez. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm a singer, a songwriter, a storyteller, and a racketeer. I started singing when I was five years old, and somebody asked me once why I started. My father died when I was five, and we had 11 kids in the house. I think that the sound of a little boy's voice singing was much prettier than a house full of people crying, and I got encouraged to do so. I'll see you there. My whole life, singing made me feel connected, whole. I was in a rock band. All of our friends, like Better Than Ezra and Hootie and the Blowfish, all got famous. And we were almost famous. My wife Shelly and I met 19 years ago. She was actually a fan, and uh, she claims that she stalked me. We went out in January on our first date, and in July we were married. I never thought anything would matter as much to me as playing music until I fell in love with Shelly. She showed me that music was a reflection of life. It wasn't all of life. She was our tour manager. She came on the road. She drove the van. She lugged gear. She really earned her keep out there. And the trade-off was that we got to see the world together. She traveled to Europe with me. We've been around the country so many times. But Shelly and I used to always say to each other, we got to grab these moments. We looked at it as a way of retiring when we were young. We figured we'd just get jobs when we were older and see the world together when we were young. Then the flood happened in Hurricane Katrina. The house was underwater, the house that her grandfather built that her mother was raised in. Our home and our possessions and everything we had were taken from us. I'd left the band I was in. I found out I wasn't going to see any of the money for the songs I'd written for the 15 years I was in the band. And I hustled gigs where I could to keep going. She got a job in the film business, working as a set dresser. And I thought, this is as tough as life could get. But you know, in our 20 years together, I'm 12 years older than her. And in our 20 years together, it never once dawned on me that I would outlive Shelley, that I would have to suffer the indignity of outliving the person who gave me a reason to be alive. And in April, she, uh, she got the diagnosis that she had breast cancer. For the first two days, all I could hear was a roaring sound in my ears. I couldn't hear anybody talking to me. I felt like a fool for dragging her around the world. I dragged her through stuff that dudes only experience. Nobody brings their wife on the road for 14 years, and no girl that I ever met could take it. These guys don't know how to wipe a toilet after themselves in the bus. These guys are disgusting. They fart and belch, and it's, what, how do you do this? And she did it because she wanted to be with me. All that came into focus, and, and I realized that she had given me 20 years of unconditional love to pursue my dreams, and that it was my turn to give her the unconditional love and pursue her health and our happiness. We didn't know how long the treatment was going to be. We didn't know if she'd have to undergo chemo. So Shelly pointed out that if she was out of work for too long, we would both lose our medical benefits. It was a primal thing within me. I couldn't articulate. I went mad. I was so frightened. I made a secret deal with the universe that I didn't tell anybody about, not even her. I promised the universe that I would give up the thing that I love most if I could keep the person I love most. So I canceled every gig I had and I looked for any job I could get. I called a buddy of mine who owns a furniture supply company. I said, I can't go on the road anymore, Shelly's sick. And before I could say anything else, he said, when can you start? 
And he said, I'll take care of your medical benefits as well. It was very difficult to go to work for the first time in 20 years. It was the first time that we hadn't spent 24 hours a day together. Having this job, I pulled away trying to be brave, but I would be so sad and I would, I cry, I cry a little bit. I miss her so much. And I would put on the iTunes and I'd just put my own songs on. And that's what I would listen to on the way to work and on the way home from work every day for the first month because I was so shell-shocked at having a job. I chased away all of the badness Forgotten most of the sadness There's this thing musicians have about if you're a professional musician, having a job, there's just like stigma. I'm just as guilty of that idiotic prejudice as any musician. But also there was the fear that, am I going to be any good at this? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, that was the hardest thing was showing up every day and just, I, it had been 20 years since I was bad at my job. You know, I was really good at what I did and I really enjoyed it and I really didn't enjoy being the worst person at the job in the office. After working the job for a few months, I have a much healthier respect. These people work eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week to buy a few minutes of time with the woman they love or the man they love. Your time is precious when you're working all those hours. And the fact that people were willing to give their two hours of their evening to me to listen to my songs means so much more now that I know how hard that is every day to discipline yourself, to get to sleep, to show up focused and upbeat for your coworkers. You work and work for years and years. You're always on the go. You never take a minute off. Too busy making dough. And my wife had a uh, double mastectomy. They got clean margins. They didn't have to do chemo. That was the biggest relief to us both. So she, uh, she healed up. And within two months, she was back at work as a set dresser, hauling furniture, wearing her tool belt, being tough. When I first started singing and playing around the house again after her surgery, I would only do it when she was still at work on the movie. I didn't do it ever when she was home because for me, every single second that I could just be in the room with her, even if she was just making dinner, I'd just hang out in there. And, and so she never really thought to ask why I wasn't playing and singing around the house. In fact, you know, after 20 years of marriage, she was a little glad, I think. <laughs> after a while, like, she came in from work and she said, why do you stop when I come in? And I said, well, I, you know, I don't want to sing while you're home. And she, she looked at me confused and I told her about my secret deal with the universe and my wife is the tough guy in the family, and she just rolled her eyes and said, don't be ridiculous, just pick up your guitar and sing. I had gotten rusty, and I was a little shy about singing in front of her, but she reminded me how to sing. And she said, don't you remember what you told me once? Singing's just a conversation. It's no different than you talking to someone. So just talk to me. And she made it easy again, just like she's done my whole life. When I made that secret deal with the universe that I would stop singing and keep her in my life, eventually the answer came back from the universe. Remember, you're going to lose her and your music and your own life. So love them all while you have them. Paul Sanchez. Big hugs to both of you. 
We wish you health, long life, and huge thanks for sharing your story with the Snap. Now, some of the music in that piece, that last song was taken from Paul Sanchez's new musical. It's called Nine Lives. We're going to have a link to Paul's work on our site, snapjudgment.org. That story was produced by Stephanie Fu.